Welcome to the OWIC Publishing Offer Spotlight, showcasing books and offers who boldly proclaim the Word of God. Welcome back to another edition of the OWIC Authors Spotlight. And today we're talking to Scott Douglas, the author of Jesus Ascended. What does that mean? How's it going, Scott? It's going good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. No problem. And um, so I wanted to kind of just dive in here. Uh, I, I picked up the book and uh, right now it's on sale for 99 cents. Is that like a long term thing or is that uh, is that a, a short term sale? It is short term. It's kind of um, promo for Lent because Lent is coming up. OK, um, and it will go back up in about a week. About a week. Okay, so by the time you see this podcast, you have three days. Go on to Amazon right. and buy it. Link in the description down below. Yeah. And um, so, uh, and I actually picked it up the other day, and I read through. I got through half of it, uh, which was good because we actually started talking about doing the podcast what like two days ago. So I got through half of it. I'm excited, and uh, I found it was a it was a very uh, a very nice easy read with just a lot of sidebars, a lot of information that really pulls in some things. Like you're the second person ever that I've seen that talks about the the possible hypothesis that the two disciples on the Emmaus road were possibly a husband-wife couple. And uh, I saw the original arguments for that, and I'm like, I completely agree with that. I, and uh, you didn't specifically say that was it, but it was one of your theories included. And there's a lot of these little sidebars and very interesting things in there. So uh, what is your overall background um, that would lead you to, uh, to write Christian books and things like that? So I grew up um, Methodist, which... Every Methodist church is different, but the Methodist church I grew up in, it was very much like traditional and Mm -hmm. you, it was kind of like you went to church on Sunday and then that was it. Um, And then, and I would say around high school, I started going to a Baptist church and that was, that was kind of like a, my first experience with like music and church that wasn't from a hymnal and, um, yeah, (laughs) in an organ. (laughs) It was kind of eye opening, but um, now I go to like a non-denominational church, and so mm-hmm. it's kind of like I would say almost middle of the road between between this Methodist church I went to and and more conservative Baptist church I went to. Mm-hmm. Very good, very cool. And uh, we'll go ahead. And that was the the first question I threw at you. It wasn't on my original list. It just came to me, so <laughs> I should add it though. Uh, what is your approach to the Bible? Um, you know, like growing up in a Methodist church was. It was always like you got this Bible in junior high and it was a big deal. Like your family came to your dedication, took pictures, but you never read it. And and so my approach was more like self-taught. I I didn't really get serious until the Bible, until like high school. And I I actually read a, a kid's Bible. The first Bible I ever read was, you know, like a 17-year-old reading a picture book. Um, <laughs> but... But I think that's kind of why I'm more serious about it now, because if I would have just jumped right in and started reading the Bible, I probably would have got bored and not finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of opened my eyes to what the Bible was at the simplest level, what the message mm-hmm. of it was. And then I started reading it um, more the way it should be read. But it's still really simple. Like I, I read it, I try and read it every day, like as a habit, and then I'll have like time to do a short devotional. But but that's about it. Very good. Yeah. So you advocate uh, high schoolers having the children's pictures Bible sent. Yeah, I advocate for adults having it because <laughs> most, yeah, most people they they just think like, 
well, you need to read the Bible, try, and then they get intimidated by it because they've mm-hmm. never read it before. That That is a problem. I, I follow this. Uh, my first book was um, I actually got into reading the studies, and it turns out that um, – uh, it's. I think it's Barna teams up with one other group, and they do a an annual analysis of where is the Bible in our culture. And yeah. back when I wrote that in two thousand, I think I think I published it two thousand fourteen. I think my statistics were from two thousand thirteen. At that point in time, only twenty percent of professing Christians actually read their Bible, and that is not enough. Yeah. The Bible is the core central thing in the Christian faith. We need to Bible study. We need prayer. Those are those core central things. And you're right, just too many people are missing it. So whatever it takes, guys. People ask yeah. me all the time, I have my favorite translations. I have translations I say I'd avoid. But I, I, I would rather you read a bad translation than read no translation at all. Right. <laughs> it's kind of what I, what I hear in your approach there. Yeah. And so you wrote this book, Jesus Ascended, which is actually the first in a series called, um, or is it Organic Christianity? Do I have that right? Um, organic Faith. Organic Faith. I'm sorry, it's right there on Amazon. I saw it. Okay. So it's called Organic Faith. This is your first book in the series. And uh, you're talking in this book. Let's go ahead, uh, walk me through a brief summary of your book and what you hope to pe- teach people through it. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's... The title says what it's about. It's about the Ascension, but it's really about um, kind of all the things that came before the Ascension. Like, what was Jesus's final teaching on earth? Because um, mm-hmm. it's not, I don't think it's a teaching that's really taught enough in church or even at all. Like, like growing up, it was, I remember hearing one sermon about it, and that mm-hmm. was it. And, you know, maybe some churches, they, like Lutherans, I know they celebrate it every year, and it's like, Mm-hmm. more of a day but even when you celebrate it, i don't think people understand why they're celebrating it yeah. so so that's what i'm hoping people get from it let's they they really understand why it's important mm-hmm. yeah very very true and what's difficult i think the difficult task you have ahead of you in that is there's not a lot as you mentioned in this in the in the introduction and in, in introductory chapter excuse me that yeah. there's not a like John and Luke are the only ones that basically mention this time period, and we don't have a lot to go yeah. by. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And so far, though, what I've read, you've done a really good job of, of really pulling in some things, and, and there is certainly a little bit of, in some cases, some speculation. Uh, but I think that that's good in, in times to say, is this possibly what they were working on? And that's what's so so interesting. So walk us through... Uh, walk us kind of through your your pattern, your organization in the book. How did you organize it, and uh, what? Why did you organize it in the way you did? Yeah, so I tried to. I mean, it doesn't really say when things happen, but I, as best as I could, I I tried to write it in the chronological order. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it kind of shows first, like you know, the first three meetings, so Mary and and on the road and and the disciples and how it was sort of. Uh, it's kind of like how in those three meetings it's showing how we become Christians. Like first it's this personal experience and then it's a, uh, you know, you, you walk through your doubts with one or two others. And then the, the last meeting it's receiving the Holy spirit. And so mm-hmm. I think that's really what those first three encounters were showing was, was mm-hmm. how we become Christians. Yeah, yeah, very. It was, and it was. Uh, I love the point that you made there in that first chapter. Jesus appears to Mary. I think that might be your second chapter there, and yeah. uh, says, "Hey, the old relationship is different than the new relationship. The old relationship was physical. The new relationship is spiritual." And that's something right. we have to recognize as as we are Christians. You know, 
bringing in again to you talk in detail as well about uh, the doubts and alls chapter with Thomas. There are a lot of Christians right now that they're looking and trying to find a physical manifestation of some form. And the reality is we need to be focusing instead on that spiritual instead, because yeah. that spiritual portion is, is really where we are right now. We need to walk in faith. We need to walk in spirit. And that's, I think, what is, what is most important. And yeah. I think we already touched on it, but if you could expound a little bit more, what led you to write your book? Yeah, it was really just a moment where I was reading the Bible and it was, you know, I was reading about the resurrection and I guess it was kind of an epiphany. Like I, I thought about why, why did Jesus like ascend to heaven? Cause, um, yeah, it's not, it's not really something that, that is talked about. And when you think about it, the, the resurrection doesn't really matter if, if there is no ascension, like other people rose from the dead, like, uh, if Jesus would have just rose from the dead and that's it, then it would have been a whole different story. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think there's any significance in that he's the only resurrection that didn't have an outward earthly cause? Um, um, in other words, like you look at Lazarus, Jesus called Lazarus forward. You look at the, the widows that, you know, Elisha had raised from the dead. And in these cases, these are all, you know, external prophets, uh, external messiahs, whatever. <clears throat> raising people is there any significance in that difference yeah i don't i don't think so so much i think it's mostly jesus showing that he's conquering death like mm-hmm. in in the case of everyone else they died again but but what jesus has to show is that he doesn't die again he's he's mm-hmm. risen from the dead and and he's literally rose from the dead like he's not going to die again so yeah, and that is really that difference, right? He has yeah. conquered death. He is the only one that didn't die again. It's like Lazarus and dying again, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the widow's son, really? Again, I've got to go through this? All right, well, it's been here before. <laughs> you know, these, yeah. these guides, they can take us to death, right? And uh, But yeah, that's, that's actually a, an important point to recognize that, yeah, we have to learn so much and... Is, do you find any significance in that that what exactly he taught for that forty days is mostly absent from scripture? Um, yeah, it, you know, it goes to why why the, the books were written. Like they were all written for different audiences. So when you think about who they were written to, you can kind of understand why they were probably left out. Um, mm-hmm. But in those little things that we do here, we, there's a there's a lot of lessons to learn. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it's important to really say, Jesus, he could have just rose from the dead and said, see you later, guys, I'm going to heaven now. But he mm-hmm. didn't, he stuck around for 40 days, so so yeah. it's important to ask, why did he stay for 40 days? Yeah, and it was specifically to teach. Now, you touched on something right there, and you did a really good job of detailing in the book. Would you mind taking us through it for the people that they might be picking up the Bible the first time? And there's four gospel accounts, and they are all slightly different. But is, you did a really good job in your book of explaining that these were written to four different audiences. Can you expound briefly on those off the top? Sure. Uh, sorry, I didn't ask you that yeah. in advance. but <laughs> no, um, Yeah, so Matthew is written for more like a Jewish audience, so, so he wants to... His, point is to show Jesus is the Messiah. And then you have Mark who's um he's written for the Gentiles. So he's trying to show like what the Jewish customs were to people who probably didn't know it. But you know, Mark probably writes about the ascension. He I mean he does, but it's in that weird part of Mark where 
we're like, well, is this exactly how it was written, or were there words mm-hmm. taken out? So, so I think it was written in in Mark's account, but I think it's just probably a little bit different. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think the meaning that's there is is true. And then you have John, who he's like the writing for Greek thinkers, so mm-hmm. it's more like philosophical, and he wants to give a like a hopeful ending where he says lots of things happen, but there's just not enough room to put it in the book. But he actually doesn't mention the ascension. He just mentions, you know, a few of the things that happened before mm-hmm. the ascension. And then yeah. Luke is, is, you know, he's obviously the historian. So he wants to give the, the complete account of it. And that's going to include the ascension. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as we look into how is understanding your book important today, and I think what I'm understanding and from having read about half of it so far, and I'll finish the rest up here sometime uh, very soon, but having read this much, I think one of the best take-home messages that I'm seeing is it's important to understand that, that Christ was here for 40 days to engage in discipleship, to engage the people in in learning and teaching about Christ. So do you want to expound on that anymore? Like what should we as modern Christians be doing in terms of fellowship and learning and growing in Christ? And uh, how does this book help us to do that? Yeah, I think when you say growing in Christ, you're kind of like hitting on it because one of the things that shows is these people, the disciples and, and, you know, all the other people Jesus appeared to, they weren't radically changed. It was kind of like change over time. And mm-hmm. even after Jesus ascended to heaven, it was it wasn't an instant change. Like you would think, after they see Jesus ascend to heaven, they would be on fire literally for Christ. Like they just saw him ascend to heaven, but even then they were kind of confused. Mm-hmm. And and so that's you know that's how we are. Like we're not God's not asking us to to be changed instantly. He's telling us He's going to come inside our hearts and He's going to work with us, and it's going to be on both of our terms. Like we're going to grow and we're going to see that growth, but we're going to know what the growth is. It's not just going to be like you're changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, um, that's an important point to, to recognize. I, um, I've told people before, many people in our, especially in modern evangelicalism, where we focus so much on getting people to say a little prayer, but once they're into the church, we say, great. And then we ignore them. And we don't yeah. go back. And, you know, even some of the big mega churches, they came back after 20, 30 years of doing that model. They came back and looked at it and said, we have shipwrecked the faith of millions because we have not focused on discipleship and teaching and training. Yeah. And so it's so important to get back into that period of time where he did meet with these disciples. But then what even happens here, and I'm sure are you going to get to this in a later book in the series, probably not in this one, but after the Ascension the fellowship was what was so important for teaching and strengthening their faith. Yeah. Not sure if that does, was on your target or it, not, but no, the, I mean, the series is more about um, just breaking down different theological issues that people don't always talk about or think about. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Can, can you give but, us a preview of other books coming up in the series? Yeah. So the next one is actually, um, it's kind of backwards because it's about Bethlehem and like mm-hmm. the year Jesus was born. Like it kind of looks like Christmas and, Helps you rethink Christmas, like um, who were the um, like the wise men really? Like, what does history say about them? And because mm-hmm. um, it probably wasn't like, like the three wise men; it was probably more than more wise men. And so, there's a lot about the story of Christmas that's kind of been added on to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's almost like fantasy. Like it's a 
Yeah, so it's to help us understand what Christmas is really about from a, a biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm not sure what the third book is going to be about. It's, I'm kind of leaning towards a book about the miracles that Christ performed and mm-hmm. and what yeah. it was each as a meaning for for all of them because, you know, he, he performed lots of miracles, but the Bible only mentions, um, I think, 38 or in the 30s, I think it's 38. But um, so really thinking about why why he mentions those, why are those the miracles that are mentioned? What's important about them? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's neat. Yeah. Yeah, so go. so that's kind of the look into the series. Yeah, and the Bethlehem book is already available as well, right? Right, right. Yeah, so you that can get that on Amazon as well. It that is also dollar two for, for now. Okay. It'll go okay. back up. Maybe I'll try and pick that up sometime soon when I'm done with this one. <laughs> we do another one later. Right? Um, and so uh, is there anything else that anything else you want to give us as a as a broad overview here um, about the book or about what you're trying to teach through the book? Um, you know, one of the stories I like about the Ascension, you know, we don't really know why why Jesus ascended. We know we can we can say things about it, like theorize, like that it was him defeating death, and there's a lot of things to learn from it. But one of the things about the Ascension I, I really love is is we get to see Jesus' final act. Like, we think about famous last words, and, and unfortunately we don't get to hear what his last words were. We know that he spoke something to the disciples, but it mm-hmm. doesn't say what it was. But what we do see is that, that he performed a blessing, which, which, is, which is cool. But when we look at how he performed it, um, it's it's even more amazing. Like he's with a small group of disciples. He could have just wrapped his arms around them, which is how you you usually think of a blessing. Like you think of someone laying a hand on someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but the blessing here is him lifting his arms up, and so I think it's showing authority. But more than that, I think it's showing that he's giving a blessing that that like extends beyond the disciples. He's giving a blessing to us, like right now, and to like all mankind. He's before he comes to heaven, he's like lifting his arms to bless everyone who's going to ever live. And then he goes to heaven. Um, mm, yeah. So that's that's kind of like my favorite moment of the ascension. Very good. Yeah. So it, it's there's just so much so much to it and so much that you can write about it and each of the disciples. So just looking briefly at the table of contents here, we talk about how he appears to Mary at the, you know, right after the resurrection uh, yeah. We talk about Cleopas and some other guy. <laughs> I love the way the the book is just so pithy and how it's written. It's it's uh it's definitely a departure. It's it's very nice. Uh, it's just easy easy to read and and very comical. Like you know, was Thomas really watching Game of Thrones? I mean, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Um, third time's a charm. Uh, doubts and all. We talk about this, the 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 uh, Peter on the sea and what's so great about a commission. Let's go ahead and focus on that one a little bit. Uh, that's sure. actually the first chapter I haven't gotten to yet. That's where I'm at in the book. So um, obviously Matthew, you mentioned the book ends with a great commission. The other ones, I think one of one of the other ones does, and I don't remember if the rest of them do or not off the top, yeah. but um, what is the, what's your, your view of the great commission in light of the Ascension teachings? Yeah, I think um because Matthew mentions that it should be looked at even more seriously because Matthew doesn't mention the Ascension, so why is he mentioning the Great Commission? So it kind of mm-hmm. shows that it is a, it's really important. And it's the only only thing that happens in the Ascension that we know about that it's not a t- like a teaching, it's a commandment. Um, 
so I, I think that's important. Mm. And he's he's telling us um there's you know there's a lot to that commandment. Like one, he's saying that we should go out and make disciples of all nations, and to us, it's not it shouldn't be that radical. But to a Jewish audience hearing that, it's him saying it's not about Jews anymore. It's about everyone. Mm-hmm. Like go out and baptize to the whole world. Like no matter who they are, no matter what they believe, even those they're all my Gentiles. people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like go go forth to all the you know homosexuals, to all the sinners, to all the people cheating. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is important yeah. to him. Um, and then he says, "Baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit." Which the Trinity is in the Bible, but it's never mentioned together until this moment. So we mm-hmm. hear about the Holy Spirit, we hear about the Father, we hear about the Son, but never together. So, so I think that's definitely important. Um, and then finally, he he um, says that he's going to be with us always, which it's like his way of saying to to believers that he's leaving his body, but we can always turn to him. Like he's always going to be in our hearts. And then he has his blessing to us. Very good. Yeah. So um, we talk about the other appearances and then we get to the Ascension and then Pentecost. I'm looking forward to reading the reading about those ones there as well. And then we have legacy of the disciples after the epilogue. And then um, then there's a few of other things, timeline of events, discussion questions and stuff. Very, very nice. So um, where all uh, I've got this from Amazon. Where all can you get it? Is it just Amazon or other places as well? No, it's everywhere. Um, okay. It's available in print and digital. And it's available okay. on audio, but not, unfortunately not on Amazon yet. Hopefully very, very soon because it's been approved. They just haven't listed it. Oh, but you yeah. can get it on, um, yeah. It'll you can get it on out. Chirp. Okay. It's been good. over a year. They it's, Really? Audio, Audible has been weird lately. Um, yeah, I might want to send them an email. I usually, yeah. like, I distribute through ACX and through... Um, find a way and audible yeah, audible is usually the last one to get out but it usually doesn't take any more than like a week or two no it's been like them. back and forth yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they finally got back like they've been saying well it's still being reviewed still being reviewed so we finally said it's been approved but it's not up yet but really? it is on chirp chirp.com okay. which is it's a really good place to get books because you can get them cheaper and it's 99 cents there this week very good. Awesome. So, so um, you can find those now. Um, I think we. I think I have your website linked in the description. Where else can people can find can find you f- to find your other books and such? Um, it's on scottlewis.org, and then there's a page for the series called jesusascended.com. Okay. So you can find it there. All right. So we have jesusascended.com. We have scottdouglas.org. I have the scottdouglas.org and the Amazon link in the description down below, and then you can find. I think your other sites are linked on scottdouglas.org, right? Right. All right, and uh, you have social media accounts as well, linked to those as well? Um, I'm on Twitter. I don't go there too often. I'm on Instagram, which I'm on more, but it's more my daughter's page now. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, much like me. I'm like, yeah, whatever. We have social media accounts. Mostly they're there to tell you when I put something out. So that's yeah. kind of how I do it. All right. Very good. Um, well, thanks for coming along today, Scott. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And for uh, everybody else here watching, uh, you have a look at the links in the description down below. This is so far, it's an excellent book. I've been kind of about halfway through it. It's a very easy, easy read. It's a very comical read as well. So I definitely recommend having a look at it and uh, see what else you can glean from the Ascension. So thanks for watching, everybody. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. 
Books and offers featured in this podcast are linked in the description. You can find more information about OWIC Publishing on our website at OWICPUB.com.